Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Your Mind, Your Body. Today's episode uh, is brought to you by Kevin and Emma from the TCS group who provide Aberdeenshire Council with a Time for Talking counselling service. And in this episode they talk about healthy thinking styles and how to challenge our thoughts. Specifically looking at healthy thinking, and we've spoken about that quite a lot uh, at different times. Let me just make sure I'm able to control that. Um, the reason why you and I talk about Emma, I guess, is because of most of our work, um, I'm, I'm a psychotherapist and I've been a psychotherapist for about 25 years. Uh, Emma, you, you work in a similar area. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Psychotherapists have been working for the past 13, 14 years um, with many different age groups and um, in many different ways, I suppose, not just in psychotherapy, but um, in doing things like this and training programmes and, and the concept and field of mental health. Yeah, and it is meant, it's a mental health theme. Although people mm-hmm. talk about healthy thinking, I guess it's understanding that um, mental health is you know you don't you can't go for a blood test that shows you've got depression you can't go for a, a, an x-ray which shows you've got anxiety it is is very much to do with how how the mind and the brain is processing stuff yeah yeah, yeah. um so unhealthy thinking um this is something you and i come across quite a lot uh, emma yeah yeah especially working with clients so unhealthy thinking, if you look at these these elements here, depression, anxiety, mood disorders, particularly depression and anxiety, they're the biggest reason, the biggest uh, cause of medication in the UK. Uh, they're either the, the, the main or the second reason why people uh, are absent from work. And uh, all of these uh, disorders are characterized by unhealthy thinking. Uh, unhealthy thinking features in all of these elements Um, and I guess the part of our discussion today Emma is that we want to help people kind of get ahead of the curve to notice when uh, elements of unhealthy thinking are beginning to happen because it can be a downward spiral if, if 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 unhealthy thinking is allowed to thrive it actually it pulls you down that yeah, so, yeah thought, I mean thoughts feel like they're happening to us and I suppose today what we want to do is help people take control of their thoughts and, and boost that. Yeah now I, I don't think people will be surprised to see that slide but I bet you people will be surprised to see the next slide because the next slide is telling you <clears throat> that healthy thinking here are the benefits and nothing you're going to see in this presentation is just made up our opinion. This is research which has been carried out over a number of years, which points to this. Um, from, all, from all of this, you can see that the benefits of healthy thinking, well, you can see them yourselves, what they are. Um, did any of them jump out for you, Emma? I think higher energy levels. Never thought, never, you know, thinking about having positive thinking and actually being able to boost energy levels. Yeah, I, I mean, why do you think that is? I suppose there's a neurological element to that and um, as well as uh, an optimistic sense that we can create. And with that, um, you almost ignite positive feelings. Um, yeah. And that's not... Not always an easy thing to do particularly if you're struggling or you're feeling low or something bad has happened uh, you and I have had conversations in the past about how do you ignite positivity because negativity um, sticks around a lot and I think you're dead you're dead right by highlighting the neurological uh, positives of, of positive thinking of healthy thinking because they they just uh, feed the brain with with uh, those factors, those neurons, which are which just promote good health and promote energy. Um, a, a good example is if people one of the aspects of depression, for example, is no motivation, no energy. Uh, you know, really difficult to kind of to get things done. So healthy thinking, I can see why that would link into uh, higher energy levels. The one that jumps out for me is, is the bottom one, longer lifespan. That that kind of, uh, when I saw that research, I'm thinking, my goodness, that really you, you can live longer with healthy thinking. What, what did you make of that when you saw that? 
Um, I get. I was surprised at that, but it, I mean, it makes sense when you break it down and you think about um, the the weight that this carries, the impact of paying attention to our thoughts and uh, and the power that that creates in our lives. It, it does make sense, and I suppose it it also links to. Um, the, the one that says better psychological and physical health, because time and time again, we hear about how physical um, physical activity boosts your mental health. But actually, what, what we've got there is thinking affects your physical health. And, and that's that made me curious. Yeah, absolutely. I know that there's been a lot of research just now, which is going into uh, with people with back pain, um, helping them move into a positive state of mind because I think yeah, people who have got enduring pain, their their moods tend to, to get worse and that makes the pain feel worse, become more sensitive. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of research just now into uh, dealing with chronic back pain by trying to help people's moods improve. Yeah. Yeah. Just shows how all of the uh, all of that is interconnected um, and then feeds into living longer, which we absolutely. all absolutely absolutely. I suppose the, the the health check in all of this is that what we're not talking about <clears throat> is a problem-free life. That would be naive. Um, I mean, you you uh, made the point earlier this week when we were talking about this, Emma. You said this is healthy thinking, not just positive living, because you can still you'll still come across problems in your life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's unavoidable, and um, knowing knowing that that's and anticipating that is important because that's that's reality we don't want to experience negativity in our thoughts and and in our life and and automatically assume that we're we're not not where we want to be or we're not getting better for example mm. that's that's not realistic and one of the themes which you and i do a lot of presentation talk a lot of talking about is this keyword here about resilience isn't it we talk about resilience a lot and uh, people say well, how do you build up resilience and i think the message here is one of the ways you pick up, build up resilience is by thinking about how you manage your thinking. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, we would yeah. say that to people quite a lot. So your problems aren't going to disappear, but with healthy thinking, but your ability to manage them, your approach to dealing with them, you are not going to be overwhelmed by them. And that's the key, one of the key aspects of good mental health. You manage not to be overwhelmed by life's difficulties. And that's one of the uh, differentiators between people with, diff with with less healthy mental, uh, less healthy thinking, and those with healthy thinking. Healthy thinking people tend to think, "I can beat this. I can overcome this." Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay, so we've talked about the uh, the how is all of this happens. Um, I'm happy to pause for a second in case anybody wants to interrupt with any questions before we move on to making some changes. Um, I'll just check for a second to see if if anybody wants to ask anything. You don't need to. Okay. So um, one of the key things about changing your thinking is that it's a habit. We're going to come on to that later. It's one of your when you've got an issue about habits, haven't you? Uh, it's Emily? my favourite thing to talk about. I know. So we're giving, we're going to come on to that in a moment. How do you know if you've got? Uh, healthy thinking. So I guess that's where we have to start to see how can you uh, how can you test how healthy my thinking is? Um, and here are some uh, ideas and maybe if you if those of you who are here have got a pen and paper, you might actually get involved in one or two of these exercises. We'll give you some time to do that as we go through it so that you have an opportunity to just reflect on this for yourself. Um, so I suppose this is about doing an audit um, about your thinking and how do you actually work out is my thinking healthy or not healthy? And and there are, there are clues often in what people say. So um, we know from working in the area of mental health that eventually you work out what's going on in a person's head by what you hear them say. Uh, that's why talking therapies and CBT um, are, are used as a treatment because uh, how people talk gives you an insight into what's going on inside their head. Either they talk or they don't talk and how they speak about things. And so uh, because 
uh, you and I, Emma, spend a lot of time working with people and listening to people. We we very much tune in to what we hear people say and how they say it. Um, so, for example, the very bottom one happens to be one of my favourites, um, which is when I hear people say, uh, I hate this or I hate that or I hate this, it immediately gets my attention um, because I think that's a strong emotion to have. Hate uh, carries kind of negativity within your system. You you actually need to generate some negative emotion in order to to, to, to hate. Um, now, people might not necessarily say it with deep meaning, but if they're saying it at all, it's quite a negative way to look at stuff. And it's quite a, uh, we'll come on to it in a moment, it's quite an absolute way of thinking about it. Um, do you have any favourites yourself or things that you pick up on, Emma? Uh, I think it, for me, it would be what kind of judgments do I make about people, food, places um, and, and those patterns? So um, I, I've come across people both in my personal and professional lives who have already made their mind up before they've experienced something in terms of whether it was a good or bad thing. Um, I also come across uh, people who have um, are not necessarily talking about their opinions or their judgments about things. And, and I suppose that's a missed opportunity to think, um, what, what are these judgments that I have that, that are important that I don't say, that I don't notice for myself? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let, let, let me uh, invite the people who are uh, part of this presentation uh, to maybe join in an exercise, which I'll take you through if you don't mind, Emma, just uh, so we can pace it. So down near the bottom there, how do I tell others about things I have enjoyed? So I'm going to ask you, so we're going to do two exercises if you don't mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the first one is um, I want you to think over the past week and and think about one of the things you've enjoyed a lot of in the past week, yeah? Yeah. Can you identify something? It might be a food, it might be an experience, could even be a film, something like that. Yeah, what? I've got something. Mm -hmm. Okay, so those of you who are, who are um, part of this, why don't you identify something to write it down? What, what, what have you enjoyed? Yep. Okay, so so now, um, I, and I, I do this exercise, to be honest, I do this with my son. I have a son who um, uh, I almost have to kind of get blood from a stone whenever he has a good time. I have to kind of um, almost take out a scalpel in order to work out what was good about it with him. So, but but because I'm uh, a therapist, I, I know there's a value that so I make him go through it. I mean, he probably doesn't tell me everything I need to know, but nevertheless, it's my way of um, kind of keeping him out of therapy. So with you, Emma, um, are you okay telling me what the thing is you've got in mind? Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I'm laughing because oh, I'll have to tell you now. Uh, so the thing I have in mind is um, going to watch my little boy play football matches on Sunday morning. So on Sunday morning, we, um, we've only, it's, it's a recently new thing that we've been doing because um, he's only six. And uh, this one, my it is my highlight of the week, believe it or not. And I, I loved going to watch him this Sunday, particularly because he scored seven goals. Wow. And I know, amazing. Um, so that's one of the things I was I was enjoying. I do have something else to tell you about it, but do you want to ask me anything first? Well, the first thing I would ask is, does he have a a Scottish grandmother or grandfather, because scoring seven goals, we could kind of sign them up already to play for Scotland. Um, okay, so he scored, he scored lots of goals. Yeah, so so tell me about that. You That was enjoyable for you. I mean, what, what was enjoyable about that? Yeah, I, I enjoy watching him play. I enjoy, um, I, I've enjoyed watching his confidence change. I enjoy seeing him enjoy it and um, I, I've got a competitive streak myself, so I'm not overbearing, I swear, but I do find myself really getting into it. I prefer to watch him play than I do actual football, and I am a football supporter, so I can get into the swing of it. It means something when, I know they're only six, but but when they're doing well and they're winning, and um, I, yeah, I, I like to do that. I take a coffee with me, so I invested in a coffee cup, so I now take a coffee and just get, um, I think I get 
wrapped up in the whole community because there's about um there must be about 20 odd matches happening at once so we're all there watching the games and and that that's very enjoyable okay yeah and um what do you do with the enjoyment? What does it stay with you? Uh, Stays with me um, uh, all week, and I look forward to it. One of the things, one of the reasons I was laughing was because I think before he started this, I had a, a judgment um, that was. I hear parents speak about this in the past, and and, and I suppose I unintentionally adopted this view without realizing it, where. Um, I think sometimes taking the children to different activities can be um, stressful for different reasons, especially if you need to be in three places at once, that you've got to stand outside, you've got to do all of these things. And so I, I was often around people who didn't necessarily enjoy that. Doesn't mean that they didn't enjoy watching their children, but the, the view that they gave to me was that it was negative. So I'd always anticipated that this was going to be have to, it's going to be something that I have to do. And it's not. And the reason I'm laughing is because I think my husband did too. And so we both go and watch him when we both take him training. And I noticed a couple of weeks ago, we were almost to the point of arguing who was going to take him until we actually realised that we both enjoy going. And now that's how we treat it. We talk about it. Oh, we've got football tonight. And, and we talk out loud about it. So that's the important thing about naming what you're enjoying. How would we have known yeah. that each other was enjoying it in the same way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to catch yourself enjoying it and admit it to yourself. Uh, you reminded me of something which I did this week and I kind of almost had forgotten about it. So when I see things to do with happy and promoting happy, it gets my attention. I, I, I will pause and look it up a little bit longer. And uh, I got there was a link today uh, last week this week from um, somebody who had been uh, making soundtracks some music soundtracks linked in with happy sounds so people had been sending uh, sounds which made them happy and this musician had uh, uh, had put them into a kind of music piece and then in order to get the music piece what you had to do was to send him something that makes you happy tell them something that makes you happy and then you would get free access to the to these tracks to download them and I was thinking oh um, I wonder what I will do there and what came to mind curiously just when you were speaking there I'd forgotten it came to mind was uh, what I wrote was uh, my daughter is as you know she's 30 and um, but when she was young when she was um, maybe eight or nine between eight and let's say 12 um, she'd had this habit which which I didn't notice before of uh, suddenly, for no apparent reason, um, doing a cartwheel. Just walking around, walking through a shopping mall, do a cartwheel. Walking down the pavement, do a cartwheel. And I thought, what a strange thing to do. And then I kind of, when I tuned into that, I noticed lots of girls do that. And boys don't do it, because she has a brother, and he could never quite do it. And so, and I still see it, in fact, and I got my daughter... Uh, a little kind of statuette of a girl doing a cartwheel. To, 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 uh, I got that when she moved into her new house. But the other day, she and I were out having a coffee, and um, I nudged her as we were walking down the shopping mall because there was another girl doing exactly the same <laughs> as she used to do. It just makes me happy to see it. It's just an yeah. exuberance, you know. Have nothing to, you know. It's just kind of, isn't that just lovely? So, I, and what was important that it stays in my mind. I shared it with her. I got her something to remind her that she did it because she probably didn't even remember doing it. Mm. Um, but but it's the things that make us happy. I think the important part of that is that you have to do a little bit of work to ignite that. It's you know these happy things don't just automatically float around in our heads. No, I, I and and I I think it's quite important to to name it to myself. And this is something which we will come on to shortly. Is that the importance of when, when we notice something that makes us happy, to actually say it. And that, that's that's quite important. Mm. Um, the other things on this this list, let me look at another, give you another little exercise, which I invite the people who are listening to join in. Um, looking to the future. So let me, so uh, I kind of think I know the answer to this already, but I'm going to make you go through it. So something that you're looking forward to in the next three months. So I want you to think about it for a second. I, I could do the thinking for you because I know exactly what you're going to say. But anyway, um, what are you looking forward to in the next three months? What's, what's a special thing you're looking forward to? I'm going snowboarding. 
Well, you could have blown me away. I didn't know that for a second. Um, yeah, you're going snowboarding. What are you looking forward to about that? Is that something you're looking forward to with excitement? What, what What's good about that? I could spend the next hour telling you everything. So, so the first thing that comes to my mind is the cold, feeling the cold on my cheeks, the beauty that um, for anybody who's been on a snow holiday, the, the beauty of the landscape is just incredible. It'll be my son's first time, um, so that'll be interesting, but I'm excited and looking forward to that. Uh, pack it, everything, absolutely. If I could break it down to, there's, there's not a moment that I'm probably not looking forward to in terms of doing that. And I suppose that's ignited more so at the moment because we've had a couple of years where we've not been able to go. And I really did notice the difference in not having something like that to look forward to. I, I realise that's quite a big thing to look forward to, but nevertheless, I couldn't help but say that's what it is. Do you have worries attached to it? Um, it's a good question. Uh, let, yeah, I suppose a little worry um, if uh, he doesn't like it and then um, you've built up this image of this brilliant family holiday and you have to tolerate um, the fact that he doesn't just he doesn't like it and um, that might burst our bubble just a little bit. <laughs> There's a little worry about that. Have a, um, a, a worry that it will be cancelled because our last couple of holidays have been cancelled due to the pandemic. So that's a that's a worry that I'm carrying with me. And um, I, I don't know if this is a, at the moment, I don't know if I would describe it as a worry, but I'm aware of it. So let's go with it anyway. I've been sorting out the insurance and, and for the first time in my life, I've actually been paying attention to the specific details. And then you realise all of the things that could go wrong. <laughs> so one of the things that I'm concerned about is um, losing all of our stuff because we've got all of our own equipment and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff and, and you have to read the insurance really carefully because did you know that you can claim if your snowboard breaks as long as you're not on it when it breaks. <laughs> so, so now I'm worried and I said to my husband, well, we'll just have to say, well, I was eating my breakfast muffin and the snowboard just exploded. Because as you know, these things, they're expensive and, and your holiday relies on your equipment. Um, so that that's a little there's a lot to think about when you're going on a sports holiday. Mm. So but what's important for there is that when we talk about looking to the future with optimism and excitement, that it's not uh, Pollyanna. It's not just kind of like there's not nothing to be concerned about. There are concerns, but sounds like the optimism overrides it for you. Yeah. Whereas people who, who have unhealthy thinking will just be too worried. They would be worried about lots of things and, and they, they, it just paralyzes them sometimes because they can't do things or they worry about will they get to the airport on time will I they have spend. all the yeah. <laughs> will I get there on time what will we do about parking will we get up on time will the flight leave on time just as well as got you've got enough optimism for both of you really isn't it yeah okay so the, this is just to ask you to think about how you think do you make um and we're just taking you through some thoughts for people to to kind of consider for themselves as to how whether you notice whether your your thinking is what we would call healthy or unhealthy. Um, unhealthy thinking, if you really allow it to get out of hand, will definitely start to uh, have a very strong and negative impact on your life. As we said already. Um, most mental disorders uh, are the most common ones are definitely characterized by negative thinking. Um, and, and we've just got a list of some of them here. Um, so so negative thinking, like um, like any other thing, uh, we'll start with with small things. We do a lot of work. You, Emma, you we do a lot of work with children and young people because it's really important that negative thinking can take roots at that level where people start to build up a, a habit of negative thinking, where they where they comment on things which are negative. But then when it gets out of hand, gets out of control, um, uh, then it has these these are recognised psychological conditions. So um, poor perspective. Um, is where you kind of t tend to be making a mountain out of a molehill all the time. Things 
think you, your tendencies to become overwhelmed or your tendencies to see a small issue as a big issue over and over again. I mean, obviously there are some issues which are big issues, but there's a, there's a bit gaining a bit of perspective around that. Um, so sometimes I was asking you earlier, Emma, how do you, how do you how do you manage your perspective around that? You've got quite a lot of things to manage. How do you keep your perspective healthy? I think um, keeping my perspective healthy is is to really listen to uh, and notice how much energy and attention that I'm giving to one particular perspective. So if I have a specific problem that I find myself thinking about over and over again, um, it's likely that, that that perspective is focused on the problem and it's very narrow. And I know that in order to uh, break away from that, I have to think myself out of that by stepping aside and saying, okay, you spent enough time thinking in these terms, now you need to look at other different, different views. So what, what you might look at different outcomes you might think oh well what would um what would kevin think if he was having this problem or what would craig think if he was having this problem anything that takes you off the one-way track that you're on and allows you to explore different perspectives um is helpful because otherwise we you and i've talked about this you, your that perspective is likely to be faulty if it's very narrow if you can broaden it and allow other perspectives to exist then you do two things you have create options that you can choose from and you take yourself out of the um the intensity of that one perspective it's mm. good uh, some of these other ones people will know catastrophizing is where you frequently think the worst um, and uh, that can happen um, I, I think when I was putting together these slides I think it, there are moments when I would recognize that I would moments when I could have each of these things they're moments so they're not patterns but I could have them so one of the catastrophe I can remember going through a period of catastrophizing when my uh, son and daughter were teenagers and would go out about 10 o'clock at night and wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't hear from them for until about, you know, two o'clock in the morning. And uh, I could easily start to catastrophize there, you know, that the worst has happened to them. You know, they've been caught in all kinds. So, so I know that that can happen and it's quite difficult to pull yourself back. I think the, for me, the, the, the key issue here, these, these bad thinking habits, um, can occasionally happen to all of us, but it's trying to kind of recognize that's what we're doing and pull ourselves back. You know, so as soon as I hear the key in the door at three o'clock in the morning, then I can kind of breathe a sigh of relief because, you know, the worst which I was dreaming might happen hasn't happened. Um, uh, I mean, do you, do you recognize any of the other ones as ones that you might some have occasionally been impacted by? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, um, you know, the black and white thinking that I see that time and time again, I experience that myself. And, and it's, it's a no win situation, because nothing in life is black and white. And um, allowing ourselves to think in those terms doesn't give us much flexibility or room. And I often have conversations with people and myself sometimes to say, does it have to be all bad? Can it be bad and good at the same time? Can you name the good bits and the bad bits? Can you allow for it to be both of those things? Mm -hmm. And I think that adds a bit more flexibility and reality to, to things because I think we tend to um, hold that accountable then. So if something's bad, then it, then it needs to feel bad and therefore I should feel bad. Whereas something might be bad some of the time, but can mm -hmm. you allow some good to, to, to coexist? I tell you, some place where I come across in the workplace is that we sometimes get involved in uh, doing mediation, mm -hmm. and um, we tend to get we've got two parties coming in, and uh, generally the start-off position when it comes to mediation is black and white thinking from both sides. You know, mm -hmm. the other person is just bad, I'm good. The other person bad, and, and often with media with mediation we have to start with that position you know that there is there's is no gray there is no kind of uh and, and i come across that there and trying to help people to 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 start to kind of let go of of that thinking is quite a tricky thing because often 
people are, are impacted by it. They want to be, they want to, to, to make other people see that they are the victim and that the other person has been has been mean to them. So I come across it there. And it is a skill, isn't it, that we have to develop because we know in childhood and, and into adolescence, black and white thinking is how things start off for us. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to develop the resources to, to broaden that. Yeah, yeah. And I think we, we um, you know, again, it's work that we do in schools. We, we try to help young people uh, do exercises in consequential thinking, which is to broaden their, their, their mm-hmm. ideas as to, you know, there are, uh, you know, young people will you know, take all kinds of risks. Um, and uh, if you if you simply talk to a young person in terms of good and bad, you just you've just lost them, you know, because they are not going to listen because they are more influenced by risk. You know, yeah, I, I know I shouldn't be drinking alcohol because I'm 15, but just by telling me it's bad is not going to make me stop. Um, you know, and all, all kinds of other behaviours. So, so we we do have to do a lot of work by helping people to yeah. have grades there. Yeah, and a, I think a simple tip that I use this with young people and adults. A simple tip there is instead of thinking, "Is this good or bad?" What's good about it? What's bad about it? Just change that so that you can start listing those to to create good and bad about yeah. it. Yeah, you, you don't need to make up your mind about whether something's good or bad but but it's important to think what is good about it and what is bad yes yeah then the bottom two are kind of recognizable repetitive negative thinking um and when it gets really bad it becomes rumination but repetitive negative thinking is where you're going over and over negative thoughts in your mind in a way which is unproductive and difficult to control and and i, I gave you an example of sometimes uh, I can f- I can find myself doing that at three o'clock in the morning when I waken up, and um, I, I, and and that thing that's bothering me, uh, that negative thing, that person who said the wrong thing to me, or that person who I'm going to get them back, it's kind of goes over in my mind, keeps me awake, and and it's unproductive because nothing's going to happen at three o'clock in the morning except I'm not going to get back to sleep, um, and and it is difficult to control. Uh, and I think finding ways in which we control that are quite difficult. I mentioned to you, one one. So for me, one of the things I have to do is because I can't I can't stop thinking about the thing that's bothering me. So I have to I have to move my mind to think about something else. So I have two little things which I do to kind of take my mind away. I I go through my gym routine. I I go back to myself. All right, when I was in the gym, what did I do? And I go through each of the exercises, each of the squats, each of the uh, things I do and I, I get myself back into the gym to move my head away from from that uh, or another thing I do I, I think of a route that I either walk or drive and I imagine myself going through it very slowly so again move my head think my head space away from the thing that's that is that I'm just going over and over again do you have tricks that you do as well yeah, I suppose I have a different strategy. And my strategy is I have, um, sort of, if you like, uh, mental rules that I, pl- I apply. And it's probably important to emphasise that this didn't work straight away. Again, back to consistency is something that you can build up. But I um, have, uh, I'll share three of them with you. So, for example, I have a rule which says, okay, I'm going to put a time limit on this. So if I find myself overthinking about something, I will say, right, Emma, you can think about this for the next 10 minutes. Think about it as much as you want for the next 10 minutes. Then after that, you're not thinking about it. And then after that happens, I have to have some mantras or statements um, ready to fire in my mind that's going to interfere when those ruminating thoughts start to emerge again. So... Um, some of them would be something like um, you said you were done with that or whatever you're going to, you know, whatever happened then does is not linked to what's going to happen for the next four hours. So I just try to untangle myself. And because uh, for me, I think if I'm overthinking, it has the potential to ruin my day and my mood and that can carry 
um, that can carry into the evening as well. And I don't want to let that happen, so I have to untangle it. And the only way I can untangle it is to create rules. You'll be surprised, you can hold yourself accountable. Um, and sometimes I am speaking to myself in third person, and, and sometimes I have to say it a lot. Um, it's not easy. It's not like I say, you said you weren't going to think about that, and then I don't think about it. Sometimes I say that five times, maybe. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, the, the last one there is rumination and that's where um, people who are often depressed get stuck in that that's where you really are stuck in the hamster wheel of you, the repetitive negative thinking and it's wearing you down um, and that's very very difficult to break out of you need a lot more effort to break out of it um, because you're stuck in it and you really do need to find actions that you can, that will take you away, distractions that will break that thought process. Um, <clears throat> so rumination is very much a characteristic of uh, depression and, and that's where you've just the repetitive negative thinking, that spiral has just kept on going down. Okay, so let's think about, turn this around a bit and move to step three, which is <clears throat> how do you build a positive mindset? And this is really important because I guess this is how you get to, to healthy thinking. Um, <clears throat> I know I, I need I need some space to reflect. I can go through a whole day being busy, but at some point <clears throat> I need a little bit of space just to kind of think, just to clear my head. For me, that's quite important. <clears throat> it's not a it's not a nice to have. It's a need to have because if I don't have it, I um, kind of lose the plot a little bit or I become irritable or I just kind of miss things. <clears throat> so for me, that's that's quite important. For you, Emma? Um, I think, uh, yeah, it is also similar, really, creating that space. But um, I have to take a deliberate action sometimes to, um, and sometimes this might be through writing the journal. I can see you've got that there. It might not be a journal. I prefer lists. I like lists. Um, but it's to to write down or even if it's a mental note of the positive things that has happened it goes back to what I, um, what we were saying at the beginning we have to do, to create space to do that otherwise it passes us by and um, that's important for me to to do a check at the end of the day not is there anything that I enjoyed today my question to myself is what did you enjoy about today nice one yeah I think meditation is is what people formally use um, mm. uh, in order to 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 build the, the mindset. That is, um, and it's it's kind of mindfulness is, is here as well, where in mindfulness you you start to concentrate on what you're thinking about. You start to pay attention to what's going on inside you and and not be defined by it. So there's plenty of uh, I really refer you to uh, on YouTube. There's plenty of good. Um, meditations uh, and good introductions to mindfulness. You have to look around and get good ones. I tried one a couple of weeks ago about how to how to have. I didn't tell you this. How to have a mindfulness bath, and uh, it, the, the guy talked you through everything. I was half in the bath and I thought you're just spoiling my bath. You know? just <laughs> shut up and go away. I was just. I know how to have a nice bath, but he was. Now you can feel the water. You know, I can see where he was going with it, but he was getting so you have to choose the right ones. There are some good ones which just kind of allow you the space. It doesn't take very long. Now, I know some of people that I work with maybe just build it into their day 10 minutes at the beginning of the day, 10 minutes at the end of the day, um, just to kind of they call it meditation, but essentially it's just to be undisturbed, to be thinking, to be. To, to feel like be at peace with themselves. And that's very important if you're trying to um, <clears throat> just, just capture your thinking. Um, for me, again, uh, if I'm driving in the car, I, I could have the radio on, but periodically I put the radio off so I can just listen to myself. That's why I call it listening to myself time instead of listening to whoever's on the radio. And, um, and sometimes that's quite important just to, to allow me to listen to myself. I could recommend a few podcasts around this as well. There's a lot of um, research and, and scientific um, explanations for the benefits of, of doing that. And, um, you know, we're talking about clearing our minds and, and, and the importance of that is not just to get rid of um, the negativity, 
but to gain control. And that's what we're talking about is you need to make room to gain control of your thoughts. Otherwise, you know, you're drowning in them. You can't find your way to the top. And one of the things that still sticks with me, I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago. And it's just an interesting concept. It was when we wake up in the morning at that moment in time, our bodies are living in the past because it, they are full of our experiences from the day before and, 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 and our life. And so meditation clears that with a, a, and gives you a platform to start the day differently. And I just thought that was quite an interesting way to look yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. Um, I put down playlist there because that's one of the great uses of, of mobile phones is that people can create playlists for different moods. Uh, playlists to make you happy, playlists to kind of uh, <clears throat> connect you with with your mood, connect you with what's going on. So some, I, I'm, I mean, I've, I have different playlists. I've got playlists for uh, when I'm doing, when I'm concentrating. I've got playlists if I'm just sitting back relaxing. Some of the playlists have songs, some of them just have music. But but this creating a playlist kind of, when I put it on, I kind of give myself a message which says, well, this is my um, this, you're in your own space playlist, or if it's a, you know, this is my playlist for a glass of wine on a Friday night playlist, you know, so, so I'd have different playlists for, for things that I'm doing, and, and even although my um, glass of wine on a Friday night playlist gets mocked by my children, nevertheless, it's important to me, connects me with, with things which I just think, oh, I'm just chilling just now, this, is, this feels really nice. I think it's um, underrated actually, Kevin, because the, the link between mood, thoughts and music um, is very powerful. And mm. I'm just laughing, thinking some days I can't even tolerate an egg, a, a song that irritates me on the radio and then other days I can. And it, it just makes me think of how um, music takes you to a place in your mind and, and choosing what you're listening to is a way of building in some predictability around that. Mm. Here's a tricky one, which I think is quite hard hard to, to manage. Positive people. Um, I think it's tricky because sometimes the friends we have aren't good for our positive mental health. I, I, I say it's tricky because how do you how do you kind of manage your, your, your it's easy to manage a playlist. How do you manage your friendship list? I, I think that's a that's a tricky one. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Um... You know, you're not necessarily wanted to cut people out of your lives because they mean a lot to you. But I think there is um, it's certainly worth paying attention to how positive the people in your lives are. Now that we're saying this out loud, go away tonight and have a think about who brings positivity to the conversation uh, and who might bring negativity to it. And, and how much time do you spend around those people? And are there people who you can immediately think or oh, they bring a lot of positivity to me actually they're, they're they're laughing they're joking they've always got something good to say actually now that i think about it could you imp increase the amount of time that you connect with them um that 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 would be where i would start yeah i mean i notice that sometimes when i'm working with people who are trying to uh, move away from alcohol and they've, they've got a whole social life built around um, alcohol. So actually trying, not, for example, not to be alcoholic is more than just giving up alcohol. It can actually mean giving up a whole circle of friends who you meet, who you socialise with, for whom drinking is really important. So, so even without recognising it, um, the friendships around us do do affect our behaviour and, and so um, it definitely is very obvious for me in, in dealing with that type of issue. I think also just a, a little tip is that um, notice what positivity we bring to other people. So if we yeah. are meeting somebody um, in anticipation of that, um, you might be thinking about what you want to talk about, what you want to say. And, and sometimes you do need to have a talk about the things that aren't going so well for you. But just every now and again, doing a check, um, can, can I start the conversation off with something positive and see because usually that can set the tone. Yeah, that's a good one. Not always, but it's worth it's worth testing out. I think that the, the one there, the positive self-talk is very important as well. That's where you create, you mentioned it already, you create your little mantras for yourself. And I really emphasise the importance of 
thinking uh, for mantras that will work for you and definitely uh, people trying to build up their positivity in their life and healthy mindset rely on these uh, and then you adopt them and then they become the rule by which you, you, you make decisions or the rule by which you uh, take a position on things. So, so I've just those are just things I just would make up. I can do better than that or I'm bigger than this. Um, I can try new things. Um, the, the one I mentioned to you earlier, which is around is, uh, which is re highly recommended recently is in the morning, you look into the mirror and you say, what do you need from me today? Um, quite a positive, you, you just focus for a moment uh, on the person in the mirror and say, what do you need from me today? So it's, it's that kind of positive self-talk, finding a mantra that can actually, that you rely on. You're saying it to yourself, you know, um, and um, it means that, it's, that you can rely on and build up your, your kind of energy around that. You mentioned you kind of do that whenever you're giving yourself the, the uh, you've allowed yourself to speak uh, or to think negative thoughts for a while and then the mantra kicks in. Yeah, absolutely. I use mantras a lot. I use mantras um, in, you know, my working week in the gym. Um, I find them, for me, I find them really helpful. Gets me out of my own head. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to, um, this, this is the stuff about habits now, um, and, and one of the, the, the important things about here is that although we're coming up with great ideas, Emma, the ideas by themselves are not going to work, are they? No, no. I think um, consistency is where we would, uh, we, we can predict the success. So if we're thinking about our um if we think about anything in life consistency and repetition is 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 very important and healthy thinking is no different i would encourage people to um deliberately create an action or to identify what it is that you might do different after this workshop today and then um, make a promise to yourself that you're going to repeat it every day for two weeks um maybe three weeks if you want if, if you if you're up for that challenge um, i think actually the research says if you if you repeat something for three weeks it turns into a habit test it out um for me most people that i um that i connect with and work with um if they can keep it up for two weeks they will experience a benefit and and there, there is a discipline that's involved in this because often um we want to experience immediate benefits from things and and it's not all we've said this all the way through it's not it's not that easy it's not and, and it just takes determination uh, i know definitely for myself at different times i have had to make a positive decision i am going to notice positive experiences in my life and i'm going to give them a voice uh, it sounds a bit strange, but I will say this is a good experience. I'm enjoying this, and I say it to myself. And sometimes I say it out loud um, if I'm if I'm with friends. I'm having a I'm having a happy time. I'm having a great time. And I know it sounds a bit feeble to say it, or it can seem that way, but it feels really important to assert it. And if I've had a, a good experience the day before, I'm happy. I, I want to tell people about it. Partly because I want them to know, but partly because I want to reinforce the experience. It's very, very important to do that because generally what I notice people do is they take pleasure in telling you about the problems they've had or the difficulties or the hassle that they had or the terrible weather it was. And they, and they take time to tell you that, which is to reinforce the negative experience. And so what this is, is, to, is a kind of counter uh, balance to that, which is saying you do need to reinforce a positive experience. It's easy to think of positive things when you feel in a good mood, but let's face it, the reality of, of life means your moods will fluctuate. And, and, and that's why consistency in doing what you just described becomes really important because um, similarly to you, I would, I would say, well, I'm going to do this, not because I feel like doing it, but because I think it'll be good for me. And, and I'll put a time limit on that and then evaluate, has that been good for me? And generally speaking, when it comes to thought um, thinking patterns, 
you can reshape your thinking patterns. If you're somebody who's stuck in negative thinking patterns, that consistency over two to three weeks, I would expect is going to make a big difference. I'm going to give one more slide, then we're going to finish, Emma, um, and this is uh, to invite people to, who are watching to do this. This, like most of the other things we've said here, is based on research, and this is research which came up. So because uh, Emma and I work in counselling, um, there was a research done on uh, 60 people who came forward for counselling, and they all got counselling. Uh, 20 of them were given counselling by itself, and 20 of them were given counselling and told to just keep a journal of things which were happening, positives and negatives. And then 20 of them were asked to write a, a, a thank you letter, three thank you letters, one a week for three weeks, to write a letter of thank you to somebody for something that they had received. And uh, the research uh, showed quite clearly that the people who wrote the thank you letter had the best outcomes and the most enduring outcomes. And they tried to work out why it was, and it was mainly because by writing the thank you letter, they were not spending time thinking about the negative things. So although the people who were writing the journal were writing positives and negatives, they were still writing negative things that had happened to them. The people who were writing the thank you letters were only writing uh, the, the things which were making them happy, the positive things that they wanted to say thank you for. And it didn't matter whether letters were actually posted or given. In fact, three quarters of them didn't get sent anywhere, but the writing of them was what mattered. And I would like, I'd like you who are listening to this, maybe to think about that, to write three letters, three weeks. Potentially, it could be somebody who is very kind to you, um, somebody who did you, did you a kind act and you've never had a chance to say thank you to. Um, potentially even somebody who has passed away by now, but to write a letter in which you're saying thank you for what they did. Uh, and, and the research indicates that reinforces healthy thinking in your mind. Emma, we've come to the end of the sessions. And that's that, folks. Another fabulous episode of Your Mind, Your Body. Thank you to both Kevin and Emma for giving up their time to present that session. I'm sure you'll all agree with me, some really interesting uh, and thought-provoking content there around healthy thinking that I'm sure we can all try to utilise to help our own thinking patterns. Until next time, folks, stay safe.